Welcome and good evening. Tonight we have three true scary dating app stories from eHarmony, Tinder and OkCupid. Before that, I want you to post down in the comments where you're from and I'm going to check and try to include a story from every place you guys are from, then upload them all in a video for you all to enjoy. So be sure to like the video too if you guys are interested. And without further ado, let's begin. Number 1 for a little bit of background, I'm in a wonderful relationship now with a guy I met on Tinder, so this is in no way, shape or form me shitting on the app, even though the app can sometimes feel like a cesspool. I'm currently a senior at a four year university, but this happened in my sophomore year when I was 19. For me, it was pretty hard to find someone to just casually date and to get to know since I'm a bit of an introverted individual and wasn't looking for an old hump and dump. I also went through my fair share of abusive relationships, so dating for me was really difficult when it came to opening up and trusting people. When I matched with Chris, not his real name, I was pleasantly surprised. He was a funny, smart, interesting college student with a decent job and good intentions. I enjoyed talking to him, but there was always a lot of anxiety when I spoke with him. I now know that I should have trusted my gut instinct, but at the time, I assumed I was doing my introverted trust issues bullshit and tried to push that feeling away. We would talk a few times a week, and every time we did, the feeling would persist. Only each time we talked, it would be, well, stronger. He started to make comments about how he wanted me to be his girlfriend and how he was so excited for me to meet his parents. But we hadn't met and had only talked on and off for a few weeks at this point, so slowly I stopped responding to some of his messages. Then I started to leave them completely unanswered. One day, I confided in my friends and told him about the bad feeling I always had about talking with Chris. He told me that I wasn't being open to new experiences because I hadn't let go of my past and that I wasn't being fair to him. So reluctantly, after a few weeks of radio silence and feeling guilty, I messaged him again. After another week or two of messaging and catching up, he asked me to go out with dinner with him. I was hesitant to say yes as my anxiety was through the roof but my friends insisted that it was just nerves and it would be good for me to go out with someone new. I agreed and he excitedly told me he had plans to take me to a nice Japanese restaurant in the city next to my campus. My friends were ecstatic and asked to see a picture of him. I pulled up his Tinder profile and when they swiped through the pictures, they were silent. You know, he, um, he kind of looks like Tom. I went into a full-blown panic attack. Once I saw the resemblance, there was no going back. There was no way I was going anywhere with this guy. I texted him back the night before the date and explained that I no longer felt comfortable going out and that I was sorry. He never texted me back. That same week, I started getting multiple phone calls every day from an unknown number. They would leave me voicemails that would say things like, Call me back, babe, or baby, where are you? Why won't you give me a chance? I tried ignoring them, but one day, after getting almost ten calls, I answered 
ready to curse someone the fuck out. I called Chris by his name and told him to fuck off and was met with laughter. This isn't Chris, this is Jeff. Who the fuck? Chris said I could have you. He started laughing, so I hung up and he immediately called me back. I sent him to voicemail. He said you wanted to go out with me instead. He told me what university you go to and showed me your pictures. I'll wait on campus if I have to. I blocked his number and a few more days I got a few more unknown calls and voicemails detailing some pretty weird, aggressive and gross shit. But they eventually died down. I don't know if this guy was serious or maybe it was Chris getting his friend to fuck with me as a revenge for cancelling. But whatever it is. But whatever it was, it had me looking behind me every time I walked anywhere on campus for the rest of the semester. My roommates and I had a male friend stay with us for a while just in case. I started going back to my hometown on the weekends because I was afraid to stay on the campus for too long. It's been two years, so I hope that this is an amount of time Chris and Jeff have learned to become better people, or that someone has kicked their asses already. Number 2 I went out on a date with this woman I met through OkCupid. We went to a restaurant to have dinner. She seemed a little spacey, a low talker, kind of pretty though, but a little disconnected with reality. We have a nice conversation, I barely can hear. By the end of the date, usually people do a hug or say, we should do this again sometime. She walked away, then walked back as if she remembered that's generally common human courtesy to do some kind of goodbye. Kind of weird, I should have ended it there. So I go out with her again. We go to see a movie, Annihilation, about the scientists who explore an alien landing site. Partway through the movie, she starts freaking out and covering her eyes. This movie isn't even that scary. Afterwards, we go to the movie theatre bar, where she needs to take time processing all the visuals she just saw. She's still kind of freaking me out. But we get to talking. She shows me a reservation she made for the weekend. I look at it, it's not the name she used on her dating profile, and come to think of it, she never mentioned anything of that before. And it was a bit weird, I probably should have ended it there, so I go up with her again, we make plans, I'm going to pick her up at her place and we're going to get Thai food. I get there, she texts me, I'm just finishing up my coffee, come on in. She lives on some off street with no roads, one of those alley streets with only walking access. She lets me in the gate, looking at the apartment in front, which is completely empty, wood floors, figure this is a nice place. I knock on the door, she opens, and her giant dog that's like a hundred pounds walks over to greet us. Now the dog does nothing wrong, just walks over. She looks at the dog, snaps her fingers and stares at it. She has this dog under her control, on a dime. Oh, good boy. Now, normally dog owners do shit like that to assert dominance. But this seemed a little more controlling than usual. We tour her place, and by the way, she's not finishing her coffee. She just poured it, and I'm itching to get food. Would you like some coffee? No, I want to get Thai food. Anyway, her place is nice. Furnished, sweet kitchen with pots, pans, full knife set and utensils. 
She's living pretty nice. She's a psychiatrist who does at-home consultations, so I see pill bottles all over the table. We sit down and she's sipping this coffee. Maybe 15-20 minutes later, her roommate comes from downstairs, who also shares the same first name as me. He's kind of a large gamer dude. He goes to the kitchen, goes back upstairs and comes down with a black roll. Only two people carry these chefs and assassins. I know what it is immediately and I start to freak out. It's a set of knives. Remember the kitchen already had a sweet knife set. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but maybe he's a chef. Nope, he rolls it out and starts sharpening it on a metal stick, looking me in the eye. I'm thinking a chef would use a wet stone if they really gave a shit about their knives. I look at her. She's cool as a cucumber as if nothing weird is happening. He goes to the kitchen to cut his vegetables. I see him cut an onion from the bottom and I'm like, this guy has no clue what he's doing. I gotta get out of here. My hand is on the doorknob at this point. She stands up, goes to the kitchen and pours herself another cup of coffee and sits down. And she asks, you sure you don't want a cup? I look at those meds on the table and think, I don't know what the fuck you're going to put in the drink, lady. You and your serial killer roommate. And I'm particularly shitting my pants for another 20 minutes. We finally go to the Thai restaurant, where three seats down from me was a girl I went out with a few months ago, who I was into, but who had also totally ghosted me. Blue hair, this time around she seemed pretty bored on her date. Anyway, she tells me about her divorce, her being new to town, her living situation, how her roommate was a recovering meth addict she met who she let live in her place while he figured his life out. A lot of the weirdness she explained was due to her having synthesia and ADD, hence getting freaked out by all the colourful images at the movie. And things kind of mellow out, but I can't seem to shake how weird the situation was before. She starts to seem a little more human but I'm not sure I want to do this, even for the story. I should have ended it there. So I go out with her again. I pick her up. We go to the movie theatre. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's one that doesn't let us in if we are five minutes late. So we go to the bar. She's drinking. I'm like, let's hurry up or they won't let us into the movie. She takes her time. We're five minutes late. So we have to wait for the next showing and at this point I'm so emotionally guarded and we're finding that we are not that into each other. We see the movie and grab a bite afterwards, where clearly she also discovers this isn't going anywhere. So she says to me, so I do this for a living. Uh oh. I know what's coming. She's going to psychologically analyse me. And she asks all these personal questions. And she gets to the core of me in like a minute. And says something that just hit home and break me to my core. She's good. And I am internally just destroyed in a complete mess. She's cool as a cucumber. We go outside. She's trying to get an emotional rise out of me. 
considering I was very emotionally guarded around her before due to the whole fear of death thing, and it's working. We go back to our place and I'm a mess. Nothing physical has happened at this point, and I'm debating whether I should try and make a move or see if she wants to do anything. But also I know it's over, and I watch her with her dog, and she's got full dominance over her dog. And I realise I'm exactly like that dog. And here I am, broken emotionally, under her spell, weak, terrified and insecure. And I look at the chair behind me, and on it are two knives laid out perfectly, on a living room chair. I get the fuck out of there immediately, I walk past their empty apartment up front and think, that's not an empty apartment for rent, that's the staging ground. I'm thinking how no one will easily find me on the offshoot road. I can't even get to the road fast enough if I needed to. And I was terrified. I was not doing this shit anymore for the story. Later, a friend explained that, more than likely, she was just weird and a roommate was trying to scare me off. If she started to get close to me and I started putting any disparaging thoughts about her roommate in her head, he might lose the meal ticket, which made the most sense. But man, that one might top them for me. Number 3 I'm not proud of the decisions I've made at this point in my life and I feel the need to explain a few things first. At the time this happened I was 26 and living with my parents. My father had lost his job and my mother broke her leg. My grandmother was fighting cancer and the whole family just sort of came together to help each other out and get through. I moved from the town I was taking some occasional university classes at to back home, took a full-time job in the pharmacy and just turned into a workhorse, 60 hours a week on my feet. I had just gotten out of a bad relationship and was extremely lonely and cooped up in my parents' house around all the depressing stuff. After a few months of this, I decided to get online and see if I could find someone to have a little happiness with. After being banned from Plenty of Fish, another story entirely, I got on eHarmony. I met a girl who looked gorgeous in all her pictures. We sent some messages back and forth and I found her to be pretty interesting, so we agreed to meet. It turned out she was just a few months shy of 21 and couldn't go to the bars or have drinks with dinner, and as is pretty standard for these type of things, drinks are a must. So I agree to buy some booze to bring with me to her place. So I get myself cleaned up, haircut, clean the car, do the grocery shopping, print directions to her place and then get on the road. It turns out the directions were crap and I ended up making a three hour trip of it to her place, not realising how far away she really lived. I get to this girl's place and oh shit, it's low income housing for the improverished. I knew I was in that kind of neighbourhood when I saw two young white trash teenage kids hitting a cat with a jump rope in the parking lot outside the girl's apartment. Somewhere in the distance I heard God and my ex-girlfriend laughing together. She came outside to greet me. She wasn't fat but she looked really unhealthy. Some spare flab around the middle, dressed in a slutty unflattering way in dirty clothes. Her jeans were so long they'd drag on the pavement around her feet and had turned brown at the heels and they smelled like they were infused with cigarette smoke. 
She had that look of a girl who ate too much fast food and too many painkillers. She was the oldest 20 year old I've ever seen. But still, she had a nice face and I had come a long way. I remembered her playful, interesting talks. And so, give her my best smile and tell her it's nice to finally meet her. She smiled at me and oh god, she had a set of pea-coloured chompers that looked like they were often used to open coke bottles. It dawned on me. I had never seen her teeth in any of her pictures. Just her boobs. I cursed myself for being so dumb and hard up. I drew the quick decision to just go for it anyway. Nobody knew this girl, or that I was here, or what I was about to do. And no one need know. I could take my shame and bury it. I had already invested so much time and energy into this. I clutched at the six pack and a bottle of Josie in my paper bag like a life preserver. Me and Jos would make it through together. We drink our beer and watch Idiocracy on her couch while talking a bit. I learned she is jobless, did not graduate high school, lives on government assistance, and the worst for me, she had no desire or plan to improve these things. She was happy. I break out the tequila and we start taking pulls on the bottle. The sun is going down, but not quickly enough. I'm sinking faster than it is. We go out on her balcony and some of the brighter stars are already visible in the sky. The tequila came with. Eventually I'm drunk enough. The sun is down and by the light of a bug zapper, her face is not bad at all. I kiss her. After a few minutes of kissing, she goes in to put some music on. Not but a moment passes before I hear the dull cat tones of ICP drifting on the wind. I consider leaping from the balcony to my death, but decide it'd be too embarrassing for my friends and family to find out I was here. Turns out the girl doesn't have a bed. As she gets drunker, she begins to share more about herself. And I'll spare the details, but it's apparent she is a very damaged person. My head is spinning from the booze, but I had a sudden moment of clarity. This girl is drunk. Although she is a legal age for a good romp, she is mentally not older than a high schooler. And although not too drunk to consent, I know I'm never going to call her or see her after. And I think of what this might do to a damaged girl with issues. I excuse myself to use her bathroom and start drinking water from the tap to sober up. I remember staring at myself in the mirror and just thinking of how thankful I am for everything that I have in my life. When I come out, she is passed out on her couch. I gather my shoes, wallet, keys. Money is missing from my wallet, but not much. And the girl doesn't even have a bed. I just shake my head and leave. Once on the highway, I drive like an idiot. I'm drunk and lost. I get pulled over by the cops in my parents' truck, smelling like tequila and not wearing my shoes. I had switched cars with my parents. Their truck was too difficult for my mother or grandmother to get up into with their physical conditions. The police asked me if I had been drinking. I just say simply yes, I have been drinking. I gave them my papers and whatnot, and they asked me to step out of the car and do a breathalyzer. The cops see the results and don't start laughing to each other, but don't tell me the results. But they don't really need to. I know I'm too drunk to drive, but couldn't fathom having stayed at the girl's place any longer. I gambled and lost, but to this day I'm just glad I didn't hurt anyone. I've never driven drunk again.
after the cops asked me why I was so far from home and what I'd been doing that night. I just tell them the whole story. I made them laugh mostly at my stupidity. There is a moment though that sticks to me still. The officer said to me, You live with your parents and this is their car. How old are you now? I've never felt so low. They took pity on me. There was a hotel across the street and they gave me a choice. Check in or go to jail. So I got a room for one. The cop said he saw I'd never been in trouble before. And because I work so much and trying to finish school, he wasn't going to ruin my future even though I'm already old as fuck. I woke up in the morning in the hotel bed. I called my boss and told him I wouldn't be coming in. I just sat in the bathtub in that shitty hotel on the highway in some part of Indiana nobody need ever to go to, thinking about everything I'd done, the risks I'd taken, how I could have hurt someone, and how lucky I was. How bad I felt for that girl, how grateful I was to those cops, what kind of person I wanted to be from then on. I thought so much I booked that room for another night and just stayed there, thinking some more. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed, then please be sure to leave a like and comment with what story creeped you out or touched you the most. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all in the next one. Thank you.